football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to a smack fest. Yes, Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets officially have your number. I just didn't know it was going to look the way that it did on Sunday. A 136 to 100 victory. Who had a 36 point win on their bingo card? Are you kidding me? Now, I know that um, Denver has had really good success against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. And, and I can't quite explain it. Um, the way that it is uh, as emphatic as uh, it's starting to stack up. And what I mean by that is that, you know, with that, with, with that victory, the Nuggets have now won six of the last seven games in Milwaukee. That covers years, right? But you could zoom out even further. The Denver Nuggets have won 13 of their last 19 road games against the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't really have a definitive explanation as to why that's been the case uh, year after year after year after year. I, I, I don't know. There is just good juju uh, in that arena in Milwaukee. So, but it was just so fun. You know, I I have referred to um, games like that and blowouts like that on this podcast in years past as like comfort food. It's almost like the the the, the second half of that game, really that that third quarter, um, where you know the Nuggets just freaking kicked down the door, just freaking kicked down the door and won that third quarter by the score of thirty eight to twenty four. They they won every quarter, by the way. Like, has that happened in any game? Like, I, I know Mike Malone talked about it uh, after the game. Uh, I saw a quote. I did not see it in its entirety. Maybe he referenced it. But I can't remember a game where the Nuggets won every single quarter. Like, e- even in blowout wins. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just off on this, but typically the second unit, you know, it's a, it's a second quarter. It's the third, whatever. Um, but, man, that was emphatic. They won the first quarter 33-30. They won the second quarter 32-27. They won the third quarter 38-24. And then the final quarter, it was 33-19. Yeah, that's how you end up with a 36-point W. It just, just massive. The Nuggets uh, have now uh, won uh, five consecutive games. They are a perfect 4-0 and on this road trip. Uh, I mean, golly, they've now won 10 of 13 it, things it, it this is fun this is this is awesome and it seems like there's this confidence building that there's a bit of momentum 
building. There's there's wind in their sails right now. And, you know, for their for for the Nuggets to start this road trip, you know, 4 4-0. Look, I know the Pistons aren't great. All right, I got it. <laughs> Excuse me. Whoa. The Pistons aren't great. Um but you, you take care of business, ugly fashion, whatever. W is a W uh, on the road in the month of January. You go to uh, the Nets. Uh, again, not aesthetically uh, pleasing because of who didn't play for Brooklyn. I got it. But you get out of Brooklyn with a W. Uh, you beat the Pelicans um, in a game that I thought was, you know, low-key. Um, you know, not not like you, you don't want to overemphasize and be a prisoner of the moment. But I went into that game truly over the weekend. Um, uh, thinking that not the Nuggets could lose, or, or not the Nuggets would lose, but the Nuggets could lose. Uh, and it just you know because of the schedule, because of the road trip, you know starting uh, um uh, starting the way that they did. Uh, so it wasn't you know it wasn't like something that we're going to talk about in you know a year or even a month. But Jokic putting up twenty nine, thirteen, and ten, and and getting out of New Orleans uh, with a one sixteen one hundred five W, and then. Uh, of course, going into Milwaukee and doing what they did, like you could not have scripted this uh, really any better. You know, it, it's 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 fun. Now you're guaranteed uh, to come out of this thing. Like if I if I would have offered you, hey, you're going to go, uh, you know, four and two over a six game road trip. Who wouldn't have taken that? Who wouldn't have taken that? Now you're talking about if you find a way to beat Minnesota on Tuesday night or beat Utah. Uh, who's you know dealing with uh, a significant injury there uh, in Ingles? Um, I mean, could you imagine if they swept a road trip six zero? The fact that there is two games left and that's on the table still is really the overarching point here. So Nuggets are getting to go, man. It's been a fun three weeks of basketball. You're now twenty eight and twenty one, and 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 not that you want to. Um, get obsessive with the standings right now because it's still a long way to go. But I think we're far enough into this thing where, you know, like if something is is disrupted at the bottom of the ocean or bottom of lake or whatever, you know, things take time to settle where like the, the smaller granule stuff, you know, finds its way to the very bottom and then you get the medium sized stuff and then larger boulders like, but it takes some time, right? For that, that sediment to all settle. That This is kind of where we're at in the NBA season where I think that, we're far enough in where you can look at it and things are just starting to settle. There's going to be movement because there's enough time and there's a lot of moving parts, but I'm just like, you know, I, I, I like where we're at. I like where we're at. The nuggets are currently at the time of recording and it's Monday afternoon. I just got off the air from doing the, the, the three hour radio show, Stokely and Zach. And you know, we're Monday afternoon and the nuggets are in the fifth seat and you know, they're on the heels of the Jazz. And, you know, Utah's obviously still very good. It's going to be a tough game uh, against Utah. I believe that game's on national television a little bit later in the week. But, man, I really like where the Nuggets are at. They they did what they um, – not only what they uh, were tasked to do, in my mind, that was tread water enough until, you know, Jamal Murray comes back um, – not only did they, 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 they overexceeded. I mean, they, or excuse me, they overachieved to be seven games above 500 at this point in the season. Love it. Really, really love it. So uh, here we go. Uh, let's talk about the game just here, uh, just a little bit. Um, Jokic, want, once again, one rebound 
uh, away from a triple-double, 18 points, uh, a season high, I believe, 15 assists, nine rebounds. Uh, You know, this was, um, well, first of all, Jokic in the first quarter just set a tone, and and, and the rest of the team set a tone of that that we're here for a fight. This is not going to be, you know, a letdown game for us. They get out of that first quarter with a three-point lead, but I think Jokic had eight assists in the first um, in the first quarter. It's just insane. And you end up with, with 15 assists and three steals, and, you know, he didn't turn it over too much uh, with four, but he was a plus 24 when he was out there on the floor. And Jokic, who was once again, you know, since the last time we spoke here on the Mile High Hoops podcast, a second straight season, it was announced he's going to be a starter for the Western Conference. This is the fourth consecutive consecutive season um, that he has been an all-star selection just in general. So in Cleveland, uh, February 20th, Jokic is going to be out there with the other Western starters, LeBron, uh, Wiggins, uh, who's the other two, Steph, and, uh, Steph Curry, and uh, John Morant it's going to be. Uh, and then the other Eastern starters were, it was Giannis, it was KD, Joel, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and then Trey Young. So th- those will be the starters there. But this dude, once again, um, not only you know is just solidifying himself over and over and over again that he's one of the three or four best players in the league, but, man, this dude, this dude, I, you know, running out of, once again, you know, we talk about him all the time, and it doesn't get old. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is... <laughs> This is awesome, guys. And you're seeing the awareness from Jokic in terms of the fan vote. That that is really what's changed this year as opposed to years past. I think the MVP status of Jokic um, has forced more attention from the national media. And then the national media is feeding the people, right? Like, that's kind of the way it works. Uh, but his awareness, just in general, is at an all-time level. High, all time high. So, what is it? Eleven triple doubles, I think, on the season. Uh, the the four twenty twenty games. The the rest of the league has, you know, what eight combined? No one has more than one. I mean, we are seeing all time stuff, and I'm loving that uh, everyone else um, on both coasts, specifically, uh, are coming around to the greatness of Jokic. Uh, but other than that, against Milwaukee. You know, outside of um, Jamaica, or uh, Jeff Green, who struggled from uh, three, uh, everyone else was just so fun to watch. Are you kidding me? Uh, 23 made threes, uh, a season-high 39 assists. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love watching someone getting broken down off the dribble, you know, individual effort just as much as the next basketball fan. But there is something about a team when they are just – snapping the ball around, the synergy, which is the word that I've used throughout the years here with the Nuggets, it was so palpable. In Milwaukee, you could feel it in the guts of the crowd when three after three would go down. Uh, You could hear it in the uh, road broadcast. Um, It was just, man, that was fun. 39 assists? Are you kidding me? Milwaukee had to empty their bench with, what, five and a half minutes left, waving the white flag? I mean, it was a feel-good smack fest. And Aaron Gordon, once again, played great with a capital G. I mean, he, what, what, what didn't he have going, right? He had that 20-point uh, uh, night against New Orleans on Friday night, and he 
you know, tops it with a 24-point performance. He was 10 of 17 from the field. He had the step-back mid-range going. He had the fall-away post-game slash mid-range game going. He had the three-point shot going off the catch and with rhythm off the bounce. He collects seven rebounds, and like Jokic, he was a plus 24 when he was out there. So, you know, 24 points in 28 minutes on 17 shots. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me freaking up. Um, you know, throwing it down. He was just great. He didn't shoot a free throw. He ends up with 24 points. So, amazing, awesome, great stuff. Uh, great to see Will Barton back out there when we talked uh, last week. You know, he had a non-COVID you know illness. Um but he comes back and, you know, was great against Brooklyn. Great. And he didn't even shoot it, uh, you know, over the top well. He was like 8 for 20 against the Nets. But he goes for 21 points and had, had the 10 rebounds, looked good from a physical standpoint, and then follows it up with 15 points, uh, made two of his three threes there, and was 6 of 7 from the field uh, against Milwaukee uh, on Sunday. See, I mean, we can't. Can't script it better uh, for Barton in his uh, two-game return. Um, uh, you know, talked about Jokic. Uh, you know, how about Monte? Uh, Monte was so freaking fun to watch from the very first quarter uh, throughout the game. He was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He goes for 18 points on a near-perfect 7 of 8 from the field. He goes 4 of 5 from 3. He also has 7 assists and only turned it over one time in 27 minutes so love love what I I I saw out of Monte and then really the bench like you know the bench uh Jeff Green uh in that first half how about him getting the getting the dunk on Giannis Uh, you're probably not gonna catch Giannis like that you know from he's trying to recover into the play and you know you get to throw a two-hand dunk down on on Giannis Antetokounmpo one of the best players we've seen play this game uh, you better make sure, you know, there's more career behind Jim Michael Green than than in front. You got to get that one framed and hang it up in the house. Uh, have that one for a long time. So good to see he had nine points, was efficient from the field. Uh, you know, Zeke Naji, uh, who didn't take a three, but in 20 minutes, you know, scored six points with a plus 12. Just the bench in general. You know, you're seeing Compazzo's minutes be slashed. Uh, and Bones Highland given a real opportunity to have the basketball in his hands playing point guard, and I couldn't have been more impressed. Could not have been more impressed. Uh, you know, once again, for a second consecutive game, Bones Highland really showing something. And he didn't, like, light the world on fire against New Orleans, but I thought in the back half of that game he was really good. You know, four assists against New Orleans Friday night, four assists. Um, you know, was, was uh, you know, made a three. Uh, had six points. Again, nothing crazy, but just kind of running things. And then offensively on Sunday against Milwaukee uh, to go three of five from three. It was the first time that he, you know, made three threes in a game in a few weeks. You got to go back to that, uh, that that Clippers overtime win. Or no, excuse me, it was the, the Jazz loss um, a little bit earlier in the month. But, you know, just seeing him get in the double figures for the first time in a few weeks was really refreshing. You know, making shots, uh, getting into cracks. You know, he had six uh, assists against the Bucks and just one single turnover. As a rookie, and we've talked about this with Bones, like, it's going to be your – he's a rookie. Like, we have to keep on reminding ourselves of that. You're probably not going to see, like, three consecutive weeks of Rock's solid play. You're just not going to see that. Um, but I like, I like this. I mean, I like, 
I like what I'm seeing. Malone is giving him a real opportunity to run the show with that second unit. And early returns are pretty good. So I love to see it. I want to see more. Um, Austin Rivers, I mean, golly, I, you know, I don't know Austin as a person. Um, or, I mean, I, I know, like, of him as a person. I've, I know much as I can know in the position that I'm in. I'm not, like, his friend or anything. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but, but I said that because, you know, I, like, I'm finding myself, like, proud of Austin Rivers. And we've talked about Austin pretty frequently since he came into the fold last season and what a shot in the arm that he was for this team. But you're seeing uh, him put together a stretch of basketball that is just, man, it, it's, uh, it's just so good to see. It's just so good to see out of the 29-year-old veteran who at one point in time was you know top 10 pick in the draft back in the early 2010s, 2012, I think it was. Um, but you're seeing him like, you know, settle in, man. Settle in. He made multiple threes against the Bucks. Made multiple threes against the Pels. And made seven freaking threes against the the Brooklyn Nets uh, last week for 25 points. He was in double figures against the Pistons in both games. Okay? Uh, in that home and home. And then to kick off the road trip. So Austin Rivers had, has been in double figures in four of the last five games. Uh, and, in the, and then the one game that he wasn't, that was the Bucks. I, I, he still played well. And you're seeing a confident version of that guy. You see him in the second half, the, the jab, like he wants to shoot it, but is second-guessing it, jab, wants to shoot it again, second-guesses himself, jab, and then for the third time getting that shot up, it didn't hit anything. And there was a lot of baskets made on Sunday uh, that were like that. And Brent, For- Brent Forbes, I mean, this dude, I know I'm kind of going guy, guy by guy, but they deserve it after that Sunday performance in Milwaukee. You know, I, I said on my radio show here today in Denver, I think Bryn Forbes is going to win the, the, the Nuggets a playoff game. Like, he is going to, we're going to come in on, on a day after a playoff game and say they don't win that game without Bryn Forbes because he made four threes, because he made five threes. I, you know, I just, I think he's the perfect, he's not a franchise changer, as we talked about after the after the trade, like, He's not like a needle mover for a, a whole franchise on a night-to-night basis. It's just not who he is. Um, but he is the perfect fit for this team right here, right now. And he goes 6-10 to 10, uh, from the floor. It wasn't just the three. I mean, he was getting to the basket on rip-throughs, you know, guy, you know, hard closeouts and rip-throughs and, you know, a float game, layup game, lay the baby, Bryn, lay the baby. That's what we used to say, and and you know to also go two of three from three, uh, a game after he went two of four against the Pelicans on Friday night, made a three against Brooklyn, uh, you know made a, a, a three against the Pistons uh, in both games, made a three against Memphis. So Bryn Forbes, since uh, being acquired, has made a three pointer in every single game. So and he goes for fourteen points on consecutive nights against the Pels and the Bucks, fourteen, fourteen. So. Absolutely love, love, love to see it. My only beef about Sunday's game is that more people didn't see it. And this has been the beef about Nuggets games for years now in a row. Like, the fact that Nikola Jokic had an MVP season and most of the Denver Metro uh, couldn't see it, um, you know, it's just so embarrassing for everyone involved. It's just such a shame. Uh, Hopefully that's coming to an end very soon. It can't come soon enough. This is a product that needs to be digested by everyone in Colorado um, because the most special 
time of this franchise in the last decade has been here when it's been blacked out for Comcast customers. It's an old story. I, I you know, I'm just, I, I just still get frustrated because that's been the baseline of Nuggets viewership. Okay, but then on top of that, the NBA and this really pissed me off on Sunday. The fact that me myself, as a diehard football fan, had to divide my focus from championship weekend and a game between the Nuggets and Bucks uh, with the t- with the past two MVPs playing in it. Like, seriously, and I know I bitched about this around Christmas when the Nuggets weren't shown on national TV. Uh, with Like, there was 10 teams, like one-third of the league played on Christmas, and you couldn't show the MVP because, like, we got to get the Hawks in there. Like, no disrespect, but, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we freaking doing? And the fact that the league, and, and this comes from a place of love because I love NBA basketball and I love, um, you know, when, when you have a marquee matchup like this with two of the league's, you know, four or five best players, and the fact that it was buried on a Sunday, like, you got to know better than that. Adam Silver and company, like, come on. This was, this was you know, and, and I know it wasn't some, like, nail-biting, you know, down-to-the-wire finish, but that's not really the point, like, you have an ability to put these games front and center national television, and I just, you know, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't think there is something to get. Um, and I just, you know, we can, we can, we can be better uh, in that department. We can be better in that department. Um, all right, before we go here, uh, Sham Sharanya, Sham Sharanya tweeting out earlier today, again, recording this on Monday. Hopefully your week is off to a great start. Uh, Sham Sharanya put out there the Denver Nuggets have uh, been granted a disabled player exception worth $2.7 million for the loss of Michael Porter Jr., sources tell The Athletic. Uh, the, defense, or the disabled player exception is granted for players deemed to be out for the season. A deadline to use the DPE is March 10th, which is my birthday. Um, you know, this is uh, – I, I, to, I told you guys – and. You know, it's probably even like a wide, widely held thought. Um, I don't get to ingest everything that I want to uh, in terms of other Nuggets media, so I don't know how widely held this thought is. I have been saying here on this podcast and on the radio show that I'm just I'm totally not expecting to see Michael Porter Jr. at all. Um, you, it was already a, a, a an investment, what you did drafting him. You had to do it where he fell, but you have to um, – you. you <sighs> This is three surgeries in, right? So you have to go about um, this process and this recovery with the investment in mind. And I just think the the upside um, on him coming back this season, even if he was able and he said, hey, I'm good to go, the, the downside is just so much greater for me. I mean, I, it's just so much greater given now the new financial investment in Michael Porter Jr., you just have to operate so delicate and so conservative. That That's how I would be, and that's how I expect the Nuggets to handle him. That's how they handled him from the outset in that first year. And I think you continue to go about this. Um, we have to use wisdom. You have to look at the long view. You can't be caught in the moment as fun as it would be um, to reintroduce him on the back stretch of a season if he was able to, I think – you gotta you gotta use wisdom, and I think the Nuggets are showing that uh, here with that news from uh, from Sharanya. And so we'll, we're obviously going to continue to track um, his recovery and some of the milestones and benchmarks that will take place along the way. Um, and we'll obviously continue to do that uh, here on the on the Mile High Hoops podcast. 
Okay. Uh, Boogie is down with an ankle. We'll continue to track that as we get more information. Um, but yeah, I, look, this is this is this is a fun week. You can kind of hear it in my voice. I hope you can. I'm excited about this basketball team. I'm excited about Barton being back. I'm excited about Aaron Gordon um, and him just you know being the best best version of himself here. Um, just really this whole year, but specifically um, over the pet over the weekend, um, I'm excited about the the uh, new opportunity for Bones here in his rookie season to have the ball in his hands with the second group. Feels like that group is slowly turning a corner, and what could that mean here down the stretch? I, that's just a fun proposition and a fun conversation uh, that we're going to continue to have here. Uh, on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Uh, the rest of the road trip continues Tuesday, February 1st at 6 o'clock here Mountain Time in Minnesota, followed by a Wednesday game on ESPN. So a little back-to-back action there. Uh, Tuesday in Minnesota, Wednesday in Utah. Uh, that should be a fun game. Uh, Utah's uh, had Denver's no- uh, number here recently. We'll see if that changes uh, on ESPN uh, at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. And then before you know it, the Nuggets will be back at home on Friday evening against New Orleans, followed by uh, Brooklyn, followed by the New York Knicks. So um, really fun, fun, fun little stretch coming, fun, fun little stretch behind the Nuggets. And you know... That whatever happens on Tuesday evening in Minnesota and Wednesday in Utah, we'll be talking about it later this week, right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Football is back, and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.